This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Do you drive a vehicle? Then you'll find AutoCorrect helpful, especially on Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. Listen to our podcast with me, Coach Charlie Melton, on any podcasting platform or on the MPB Public Media app. From MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dining, the show all about the culture of Southern flavor and the folks that love to stir the pot. Good morning, it's Malcolm White with Carol Palmer. Today will be your guides. Our show today, we're going to be baking bread and breaking bread with the Sunflower Oven Co-op Bakery folks who focus on people. Their breads are sourdough, their flour is grown and milled in the South, and their workers collectively own the bakery. To share the story of the Sunflower Oven Bakery, we welcome both Betsy Bruning and Robert Robbie Raymond to the show this morning. Also, from Nashville, Tennessee, our great friend Thomas Williams joins us this morning. We're going to talk about seafood and all sorts of other stuff. Good morning. Welcome to Deep South Dining, the show all about the culture of Carol Palmer. And Malcolm White. <laughs> There's a lot of culture going on here culture, this morning. Yeah, this is a, a first uh, in the studio. We have, for the first time ever, a seafood tower and a towering food enthusiast. Yes. Thomas Williams is here in the flesh from Nashville, Tennessee. He's, he's all the way here. He is, as we like to say, a curator of all good things. Good, good morning, morning, Thomas. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Man, it's good to see you. Good to see you as well. You're a long way from home. Yes, sir. And, you know, Thomas, we've talked about you before because you are the man who turned cooking and coping from three followers, which were Malcolm, Leanne Galt, and me, into 500 overnight. Well, I just know a few people, and it's a, it's a great platform during, during the COVID to people connect around the table and food and cooking at home. That, that's um, It was a big deal. Absolutely, and we are proud to uh, call you our friend. And we're so glad you're here. Uh, I know you've been on uh, a food journey, which you're always on, but you've, you've been on the road, and if you wouldn't mind, maybe clue us in on how you came from Nashville and ended up here in the old, bold new city of Jackson. I think there's a book title that he came from Nashville, <laughs> maybe by Robert Gordon. There's also a, a record by uh, Webb Wilder called It Came from Nashville. It Came Nashville. from Nashville. Okay, Thomas. <laughs> sure. I, I, I first stopped in Memphis in, um, in, at the home of Bill and Lisa Andrews, good friends, and we had dinner at Grit in Taylor, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... So people from Memphis drive down to Taylor for dinner? Well, Bill lives in Oxford. But, oh, Oxford. Um, yes. Okay. But, um, but then um, following morning, have breakfast, a big bed breakfast with Elizabeth High School. Mm. Um, you didn't then, laugh at all, did you? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> and, uh, you were cackling. Cackling, that's correct. And, um, and then went on to, came on down, down to Greenwood, Mississippi, and had a couple meals at the absolutely incredible um, – Fanny and Johnny's with Taylor Ricketts behind the behind the kitchen, and was I luckily had lunch and dinner. I don't get a, get a chance to see Taylor as much and have her food, but the food was absolutely incredible. And She's joined, the best. Joined Leanne Galt for those meals as well. Oh, really? So yeah. she was up there doing cooking school. She was. She was up there doing. I think she did. When two Leanne classes. is at the table, 
Uh, There's going to be fun too. Certainly, certainly a lot of fun, and it was it was great. But yeah, you know, Fan and Johnny's and Taylor Ricketts are Taylor is one of our very favorite chefs. And if people haven't been to Greenwood, wow! I highly recommend it. I mean, I, she, I'm lucky to have her have had her food for years, and I think she's one of the most uncelebrated, phenomenal chefs in the country. I agree. Yep. And, and you say as well, so it's, it's unanimous. And I do. And uh, my husband, John Palmer, was interviewed for some book, and they asked him what were his two favorite restaurants. And he said Willie's Wine Bar in Paris and Fan and Johnny's with Taylor Ricketts in Greenwood, Mississippi. So there you go. There you go. The gospel according to John Palmer. Yes. There you go. Well, Carol, what kind of uh, weekend have you? I know you've been really busy. Uh, I know Java. Welcome back. I know you've been a bit under the weather. Yes, I have, and I'm and I'm back. And I want to give uh, Thomas a big thank you for a great compliment he gave me this morning. He said I'm like Charlie from Charlie's Angel. You see, you heard my voice all the time, but you, you, I'm rarely seen. And I, I like that compliment. Yeah. Well, now you have multiple. Uh, Personas. There are a lot of people see you doing many things, and then there are the, the, our audience who probably mostly hear you. But you're you're well viewed and well heard. Yes, indeed. And you know, I have a few things really quick because we want to get to the seafood tower. It's but, towering over us but as we've been we speak. Talking uh, this month about gifting things mm. and food, and I brought my. Christmas gifts for you guys in, and Java, you may open yours now. Malcolm. Drum roll. Let me see what's going on. This year, I'm giving, for food gifts, I'm giving (laughs) Christmas ornaments. Oh, boy. And Malcolm, you have a stack of pancake Christmas ornaments. How sweet. Thank you, Carol. This is terrific. This is nice, Carol. This is very, very, very and nice. And Java has <laughs> a macaroni and cheese Christmas ornament. Yes, ah. I'm going to put a nice picture up of this. This is this is great. This is going on the Christmas tree when I get yeah, home. That, and I, that's why I gave them to you now instead of next week. And Thomas... Yours is a, a, an ingredient you will recognize. Yours is butter. Very wow. nice. And for our yeah. listeners out there, these are not just little, you know, oh, no. little wooden no. ornaments. <laughs> these, these are those, you know, the old world glass ornaments. Yes. I mean, yeah. who knew they're, you they're could fine. order? They're fine. Yeah, they're like those beautiful glass Santa Clauses. So Malcolm has a very large, his is about a four-inch stack of pancakes. And Java's is a box a yes. beautiful box in colors. Um, hold your cheese uh, blue with yeah. the, uh, with oh, the glitter okay. oh, on the side and uh, macaroni and cheese dinner right there on the box. Java, <laughs> just not every friend will spend hours on the Internet looking for a macaroni <laughs> and cheese Christmas ornament. <laughs> yeah, no, this is great, Carol. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And uh, Malcolm, before we find out about yours, I had a meal this week that was one of the best meals I have had in a very long time. And I thought of you the whole time because it was your kind of deal. Hmm. This was our friend Nancy Campbell. She is a doctor by day and a cook by night. And it was Moroccan chicken with onions and prunes over couscous. I can go for that. I know. Roasted cauliflower with garlic. Now, you made the Moroccan chicken. I made, uh, yeah, I made a Moroccan chicken, but my Moroccan chicken... It weren't like this. Okay. All right. 
And this couscous with pine nuts was just phenomenal. Mm, yeah. But what, what, what I was really thinking about, you, she had a salad. I, she is known for just knowing the perfect combinations of taste. And it was made of oranges. And, you know, oranges are so important right now. And people are going to Mrs. Berry's Farmer's Market right. to get the wonderful oranges she had. But it was a Moroccan orange by your friend Craig Claiborne. Uh, it was in the original New York Times cookbook. And um, are these the large, like navel take, oranges, take, or the little small? No, salad? they are the I call navel, them salad oranges. They are the navel oranges, and you cut them into beautiful chunks, and you marinate them. And the name of it is spicy orange salad, mm. Moroccan style. Mm. And I believe you can find it online, folks. But you he know, had cayenne pepper and paprika mm. and garlic and olive oil, but it was really subtle. Wow. But I, I really I want you to try it over the holidays. Thomas, you know what happens when you're eating a salad and you, you bite into orange? It's like, Ugh! like that. You know what I'm saying? That's what it was She's like there. with Moroccan chicken. <laughs> there was a party going on. As Dr. John said, there's a party in my mouth. <laughs> That's back when he was working for Kentucky uh, for uh, Popeye's Fried Chicken. He, he's yeah. doing all the voice. Well, that's my report. That's your report. Way. All right. So in your report, we had a meal Friday night from Aplos, which is a, a Mediterranean restaurant in uh, Highland Village. It's the the most perfect pickup to go operation in the city, except maybe Tuk Tuk, which mm-hmm. is right there next to it. It's neighbor, but it was is a wonderful sort of Mediterranean. Uh, dinner, easy to pick up and, you know, take home. And then Kara made a soup yesterday, which was a chicken soup, and I uh, I went and picked up the uh, rotisserie chickens. And I'm going to talk about that in just a second. But her recipe was a lemon chicken soup. It called for English peas. But she said she didn't have any, so she used lady peas that were in the freezer from the summer. Very nice compliment to her soup. And that's what we do in the South instead of using English peas. We, we use go with lady, Southern lady southern peas. peas. And my friend David Patterson dropped off a huge batch of greens uh, this week for me. I had mustards, turnips, um, collards, broccoli, green onions, uh, kale. It was ridiculous. And I made a giant pot of mixed greens with the roots. He also left the roots on Grown locally and uh, were fabuloso. Uh, so that was fun. Uh, and then we were, I shared a, a thing about the, the most Googled recipe in 2022. Did you have a chance to look at that? I saw that. And, you know, tell me more. I mean, marry me chicken. Marry me chicken. I didn't even make it and I got married. Thomas, you, you did. You should have made it. I'm single, Malcolm. I'm out. Have you ever heard of I'm marry me not, chicken? I'm okay. not I had not okay. either. You could do this over the, you know, you could make this, Thomas. Okay, I, I will make it. Do you I, have the recipe? I know I sent it along, but it's something with chicken and some sauces. And uh, if, if any of our listeners are familiar with Marry well, Me Chicken. Obvi- obviously, if it's the most Googled, we can find it yeah, on we, Google. If you just put Marry Me, it'll probably go straight yeah, to chicken. And, <laughs> yeah, I'd really like to throw it out here for those who make Marry Me Chicken. We would love to hear your results all year long in 2023 absolutely um so let's see on uh, the top tiktok food trends of 2022 cloud bread 
what, what? And and it was also trending was baked oats, charcuterie board. Charcuterie is big. And of course, it's pasta big right chips. now. Yeah. Charcut- you'll see the boards advertised everywhere. You know, fancy boards, and then there are charcuterie books now. I mean, who knew? It's everywhere. Well, you and I experienced just a wonderful charcuterie board from oh, Joe. You, you and mean the Mary, snackle box? Joe and Mary Pryor Sherman. It was a snackle box, a charcuterie presentation in a Bass Pro Shops fishing tackle box. Fishing tackle box with the little compartments. So, how about that, Thomas? Uh, well, I, I was lucky enough to have dinner with Joe and Mary Joe, Mary Pryor um, Saturday night, and I, I did, we did not have the snackle box. We did go to Chapley's, and it was excellent. Ah, what'd you have? We had um, tamales, of course, and um, had the um, grilled romaine lettuce, and then we all had the filet. So, Kara, how do you feel about grilled romaine lettuce? I feel good about it, Malcolm. Okay. I feel good about grilled romaine. I also feel good about grilled bok choy, mm-hmm. which I learned about on Cooking and Coping about a year ago. Leanne uh, Galt did it on one of her dinners, and I've tried it. Okay. How and do you, you like feel? Uh, um, at first, I didn't think it was so cool, and then I warmed up to it <laughs> when it was served to me. <laughs> I... I'm sorry. Well, that was too. That was too much. Too much. <laughs> yeah. well. Java, how do you feel? Um, I haven't had the pleasure of uh, of having that, but I know you know if there's anything like uh, Eddie Eddie Wright, he puts anything on the grill. He so, sure does. You know, mm-hmm. he loves I, I, to put cabbage on the grill. Yeah, so I, I I can see it working. I can see it working. Okay, Carol, you want to talk about eggnog? You know, the season is approaching, even though it's 80 degrees outside. Um, I know we've got to it's get hard a little, to drink eggnog. A little cold, cold weather. It's hard to drink it right in, now in this type of weather. Uh, I'm hoping I received. We're talking about holiday gifting, and I receive yearly just because I'm married to John. John, uh, a gift of eggnog made by Kim Irby. Oh, Kim good. Daniels Irby, and, and it is a wonderful eggnog. And if Eggnog. Knock, knock. Knock, knock. And if she's listening this morning, I'm hoping that she keeps the tradition going. Very good. Well, shall we seafood tower or shall we break and tower? Well, how do you feel, Carol? Thomas said something last night that I think would be good to ease us in about the appropriateness of food gifts. Well, yes, I just, I think I've I've given food gifts for, for many years now, and I just think that, that, the tangible gifts are fine as well, but food gifts, I think people remember more and they enjoy more and, and it brings people together. And, and I've, I've given gifts from all different people and different products and people have a tendency to remember those more than they remember a tangible gift. Right. And I think it also shows a little more um, of your love and dedication to those people if you do give food gifts and, and they can enjoy it with them or they can enjoy it with their friends and family. And I used to think I had to make the gift, hmm. I mean, make the food. I would kill myself making artichoke lasagna and giving it away, and and I do that sometimes. But even the grocery store, you know, Malcolm, how we love condiments. Love them. Never met one that we yeah, didn't love. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's so great. And the great thing about a condiment, it stays, you use it a little at a time. So right. you think about that person. Every time I eat pimento cheese, I think of Thomas. Yeah. And why is that, Carol? 
because he sent us pimento cheese from Tim's Tom's, tiny Tom's tiny Tom's kitchen. tiny kitchen yeah, in Memphis. Yeah, they're a great great company out of Memphis, and they they do do phenomenal pimento cheese. And and I've given their pimento cheese away quite a, quite a bit. And and here everybody says, well, can we get some more of the pimento cheese the next year or the next holiday or whatever? And it's it it um it, it also I just think it show if, and even if it's something you don't make um. I don't cook a lot, um, but it shows that this is something that I love and care about, and I want to share that with you. There's a lot of sharing in, in, in between the, the, the recipient and the giver. Another thing that we talked about last night while we were eating at Chriselle's, we were eating massive piles of fried things. We were. Uh, talking about when you give somebody a gift, a food gift, if they like it so much that they start ordering mm. that thing. <clears throat> right. And we were mentioning Benton's Bacon. And uh, a few years ago, Nancy and Roy Campbell gave us some broad bent sausage from Virginia. So now, like every three months, we order it. And they're saying, well, we can't give it to you anymore. But you you learn about new products and get hooked on them. What do you say to that now? Oh, I think it's uh, terrific. We ordered Benton Bacon yesterday from my house sitting at the kitchen table while I was eating some inferior bacon. (laughs) <laughs> My wife jumped on the internet and said, "We'll fix this," and she ordered Benton bacon. And that was because <clears throat> probably Thomas and well, Southern Thomas Foodways Robert St. John. You guys, we've had him that. on the show before. Yeah. Uh, it's it, it you know it, it's almost like the gift that keeps on giving because right. because of what you're saying, Carol. You know that you you give it to somebody, then they like it, they would like to get it, and they want to give it to their friends and. And so on and so on. And it helps a lot of our small food producers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and speaking of small food producers, we're going to have Betsy uh, and Robbie from the Sunflower Oven Co-op Bakery right here in Jackson in Midtown. No, it's in the uh, it's in Heights. It's Bellhaven Heights. Bellhaven Heights. Excuse me, wrong neighborhood. So Betsy Bruning and uh, Robbie, Robert, Robbie Raymond will join us. And, Thomas, we're going to get after this seafood tower. Right. We've got the Seafood Tower Baked Goods Roundtable this morning. Carol? Ain't no Grinch in this room. No Grinch here. If there's a Grinch, we've, he's been flushed out of his room. Thomas Williams is back with us. Thomas? Hello. So good uh, to have before you. Before we get going, I also brought a Christmas ornament for our friends from the bakery because we may need it because ah. of the lobster. <laughs> We'll be using a lot of that in the next few weeks. <laughs> Everybody loves butter, except for people who don't know. All right. Also joining us in the studio from uh, the Bellhaven Heights area, the neighborhood, Sunflower Oven Bakery founder and co-founder, I suppose. Absolutely. Yeah. Betsy Bruning and Robbie, Robert, Robbie Raymond. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you all for having Thank us. You. It's really an honor to be here. Man, we're glad to have you. So why don't you quickly uh, describe for our listeners what you guys do, where you do it, and why you do it. Absolutely. So uh, I founded the bakery six years ago, um, and it's just so important that Jackson have good bread. We uh, We agree. Yes, thank you so much. Absolutely. We bake uh, sourdough breads, and uh, all of our flour that we use is grown and milled in the south. Uh, we work with a stone mill in North Carolina called Carolina Ground. And uh, we really wanted to provide something that was healthy, nutritious, um, and focused on economic justice. 
Yeah. And it's a beautiful place. I mean, you, it's also a gathering place. You, you play records in there. Uh, Java, I don't know if you've ever been by there. They have uh, LPs uh, you can choose from to listen to music. And you serve lunch, and you have pop-ups. You do all sorts of things other than bake bread, right? We do, yeah. We really wanted it to be a community gathering place. Um, it's, you know, we were so inspired by um, the community that supported us when we started. And we're actually having our first... Uh, live music show next Sunday. Oh, all um, right. Next Sunday night at nine. Um, our friend Jordan Smith uh, made a album during the pandemic, and um, so we're having a little album release party for him. And explain to our listeners where you're physically located. Uh, we're on uh, seven fifty two North Jefferson Street. So um, Jefferson, um, if people are familiar with uh, Finian's Pub, we're two blocks south of there, towards High Street. So. Gotcha. Uh, we've been going to the farmer's market on High Street for the past five years. That's an incredible resource that our city has. It's a year-round farmer's market. Not a lot of people know about that. Um, and so we're right in the Bellhaven Heights neighborhood, almost to downtown. Great. I want to just jump right in here and ask, I've never seen a bakery that opens at 11 a.m. <laughs> Absolutely. We, <laughs> bakers have an early rising uh, reputation. But yeah, like 4.30 a.m. It's it's uh it's pretty funny because uh, Betsy and I met when we were working at uh, the Apothecary Cocktail Bar um, in Brent's Drug, so we mm-hmm. used to stay up until four thirty a.m. Um, <laughs> and so we're not particularly early risers, but we knew we wanted to do a lunch program, um, and our lunch is really focused um, around our breads. Um, we do some uh, we always have breads and pastries for sale every day, but we really wanted to create a lunch spot where. You could uh, go for lunch and then go back to work feeling energized. So we focus on using local ingredients um, that don't need a whole lot of heavy sauces or anything. Um, No fried food. Yeah, when you oh, we're so proud to say that we do not have a deep fryer at Sunflower Oven. But let me tell you, you can leave that to Chriselle's and Hal and Mal's. They're doing a great job. Plenty of people in the in the in the. Fraud business. By no, by no means are we opposed, but we wanted to offer something different. And, uh, you know, when you use good local produce, um, like we have in Jackson at the farmer's market, um, you don't need a whole lot to make it taste good. So just so people understand, they not only have the physical restaurant and bakery uh, on Jefferson Street, but every Saturday they load up the van and take all their baked goods, their cookies, and you make those amazing little puffed-up cookies. What what are those called, Robbie? We, we brought some for you today, actually. Ah. They're uh, a, yeah. cho- a double chocolate cookie made with rye flour topped with a little sea salt. Um, and the rye flour is a really incredible ingredient with chocolate. It kind of creates a um, crackly brownie texture. And there was a salad that I had in there for lunch made out of some sort of seeds. Was it rye seeds or something? Yeah, it's uh, whole rye berries. Um, Berries. We boil them just like you would make rice or pasta. Um, And then so our our lunch menu changes pretty much every day. So people can uh, find our daily menu on Instagram um, or Facebook. And uh, we actually are doing a special... uh, a special bake for Christmas, so you can pick up uh, pre-order ahead of time and pick up on December twenty-third. Very good. Uh, yes, actually, I pre-ordered 
online. I'm pretty excited about the quiche I ordered. Do you know Robbie was reading off your order to me earlier oh, today? Really? And, oh, really? Uh, yes, and we heard you talking about condiments, and we're so excited yeah. for you to try that fermented mustard. The, the fermented mustard. mustard. Yes. I actually bought that for a gift. I know my husband's not listening because he's in a meeting <laughs> this, this morning, but that is uh, one of his Christmas gifts, and there is no guy that will appreciate that more. But I was absolutely as excited about the fermented mustard as I was about that the stuff's goods. great it makes a great That's sort of a signature thing for you right it is we I mean we make a ton of it uh, especially this time of year because people love giving it as gifts we have people buying 20 jars at a time um, right. and that's a it's a whole grain fermented mustard it's very spicy um, and we actually start the fermentation with uh, kombucha right. um, so it has ah, a lot of sense. interesting layers of flavor well, as we are speaking, <clears throat> we have yet another delivery, Thomas. What, what, what on earth do we have here now? We're, I bet we can get a knife somewhere around the, here. Sugar, the sugar, the great folks at Sugar Avenue Bakery have just sent us a caramel cake. It's it's another company I sent a lot of gifts from. They you can order their their cakes through oh. Gold Belly via Gold Belly. Oh. They're out of the Memphis Family Bakery out of Memphis. That are friends of mine. They're, they do a phenomenal job. They have caramel, strawberry, lemon chocolate and um two different sizes and and they ship all over the country and we'll get to taste it in shortly um, well right. gold belly is a website for those who don't know they gather up and curate things from all over i will say all over the world because they even ship in new zealand salmon but you know, you can order a meal for two from Commander's Palace. You can order a cake from Sugar Avenue. But they ship for a lot of local small bakeries mm. like Red Truck, you know, people that can't handle that that type of thing. Do you know of such a thing there, Ruby? We're not quite at that point. We just <laughs> okay. opened uh, – We've so we've been a bakery for six years, but we just opened our storefront in mid-August. Okay. So, Betsy, are you a baker also? I would not call myself a baker, no. no. At, Robbie's the baker? It's Robbie and our dear friend Paz Nackery out of New Orleans, and she's at the bakery right now, I think, listening to this uh, program. So Shout out Paz. to Paz. Shout Thanks for holding Paz. down the fort. Yeah, she's making bread right now. Very good. Um, I'm at the point where I'll come in to open the bakery, and I'll throw in a bunch of bread that's already mixed, shaped, improved out from the fridge into the oven. Hmm. Betsy so. organizes a lot of our events as well. We're mm -hmm. actually hosting an event today. Our good friend Mitch McCormick is doing a little sandwich pop-up. Mm -hmm. um, and we try to do a special guest chef once a month or so. Mm -hmm. uh, we started our friend Sean Smith, made a, a Filipino lunch um, over the course of three days. And then last month, our friend Chaz Lindsay, who I believe you had on the show, yeah. Yeah. Um, is opening Pulito Osteria um, in the Bellhaven Town Center. So... We, we love to share the love and, uh, and give people, you know, if they don't have a restaurant of their own, um, to provide Jackson with a food that you can't normally get for lunch. Mm -hmm. Terrific. That's great. Now, Thomas, are you ready to uh, segue into the Seafood Tower? Do we have the Seafood Tower provider on the phone yet? No. Okay. All right. Well, go ahead, Thomas. Well, I was just gonna. Um, I was gonna bring up a couple other um, vendors that I, that I really like to order gifts from. There's one out of Knoxville, Tennessee, named Proper Popcorn. They're a craft popcorn company, and they uh, have 50 different flavors. The Johnson Brothers own it. They they also ship um, across the country, and they they have um, there should be 
one at my house right now, actually. Oh. Um, um, but great um, curated flavors. And if, what I've found, one of the best pop, there's lots of different popcorn companies, one of the best that's out there um, as well. So Very um, good. And then one, one other Mississippi um, company um, with some connections is that I really like is Billy's Pecans um, out, of, out of Crenshaw, Mississippi. Um, and they're wow. beautifully packaged. I, I got a gift of some they last are. year. They yeah. are. All right. On the phone, we have Ian Navarro, who, Thomas, you might want to introduce. Ian Navarro is a buddy of mine who, he is the man responsible for the lobster gram and seafood tower we, we have sitting here in the studio. Ian, um, there's always an Ole Miss connection, or Mississippi connection, I should say. And Ian graduated from Ole Miss, a big Ole Miss fan. Um, and so, so to get some Mississippi on um, fairly regular basis, he now is based out of Denver, Colorado, and uh, he used to live in Nashville. And I'm very fond of Ian's two children, Lily and Leland, um, and Fields. And I'll be spending right a little time after Christmas with them. And but he's the, res- the man responsible for the seafood tower. And I love it, lobster gram. Malcolm, don't send me a telegram. Send me a lobster gram. <laughs> okay. Are you guys seafood eaters, Robbie? Oh, Betsy? Seafood. oh absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just, just spent a few days in New Orleans, ate a lot of it. Where all did you eat? Um, I went to the Mosquito Supper Club. Oh, oh my gosh, um, my favorite cookbook. Yeah. Of oh, everybody gets excited yeah. about yeah. the Mosquito. <laughs> um, I had been there a few years ago and did the whole um, the whole shebang, but I just sat at the bar and ate some oysters and drank a bottle of wine. It was wonderful. Good, 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 good. So, Betsy, where uh, where are you from? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I actually grew up in Madison, okay. just right up the road. Yeah, Madison, Mississippi. Okay. Um, went to Ole Miss as well. Spent some time living abroad in Germany, um, working as an au pair. Did some studies uh, over in Boston when I was still a working musician. Gotcha. <laughs> um, so, yeah, my time in Germany was great when I met Robert um, we bonded over work at Apothecary, and he was handing out loaves of bread, and I was like, oh, this tastes like all the bread I was eating ah. across the pond. So that was you know, the basis of our friendship was good bread. That's I like been, it. And it's going to go very, well with our lobster. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's been a really interesting experience, too, talking to people at the farmer's market. Um, a lot of people will come up to me and say, oh, I can eat bread in Europe, but like, what's different about the bread mm-hmm in america and it's a few things it's it's how it's what grains they're growing there Mm -hmm. um it's how they're treated um so that's why we only use stone ground grains and it's why we use sourdough too it's um it all goes into making bread that's digestible and nutritious great all right uh ian are you with us my friend howdy howdy <laughs> well, we're sitting here uh, lusting over the tower that is before us. Uh, you want to talk to us about it and tell us what, what we have? Yeah. Here? So, Lobstergram is uh, the original company that um, mails live lobsters or frozen lobsters in the country. Uh, they used to send out the mailers, and now it's pretty much went all dig- digital. But uh, the seafood tower is something to really kind of showcase at, at an event. Um, if I were tailgating in the Grove, that would be something that would be a centerpiece for uh, the tailgate. And as you enter the holiday season, uh, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, New Year's Day, uh, for bowl games, it's definitely an attention getter. And what I love about it is that uh, the, the, the tiered pieces that come with it, um, 
just add oysters, uh, and you will have an epic seafood tower. Right. And lots of things come with it. You get you have your butter, you have your cocktail sauce, you have crab claws, shrimp, lobster. It's just it's a cornucopia it pretty, of seafood. Yes, it's pretty it's pretty outrageous here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. I would venture <laughs> to say there's never been a seafood tower. Uh, Perhaps not. This is a first a special a special gift, and it's for a very special person in your life. Not everybody you couldn't afford to send everybody, but for those special occasions, wow! So, Ian, just so you know, the tower arrived at my home on Friday, and when I took a look at the boxes, I realized there was no way it was going to fit in my refrigerator. So, Thomas (laughs) Thomas summonsed a fellow food enthusiast, Joe Sherman. To, yes. to my home, and Joe shows up, hauls off the seafood tower in the boxes, takes it to Dunkin' Donuts, and puts it in the refrigerator there, and it arrived ah. at MPB this morning with Thomas and Joe Sherman. Did you guys get the, I, I think I sent a Bloody Mary bar, too. We did. Oh, yeah, I, it's right in front of me, but Love I can Bloody see my, my friends from the Sunflower um, but they're eyeing the ladies. Yes. We're, the, the studio is very popular this morning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we've had yeah. a lot of onlookers. There's, this there's a redheaded woman sitting across <laughs> from me <laughs> who wants Sucker Punch, the Sucker Punch original blend Bloody Mary mix. Tell us about the Bloody yeah. Marys, Ian. That, that's, again, another incredible tailgate party. You know, if you're having a, a, a baby shower, cocktail party, it just is something to. Um, leave an impression. Um, and I think that's really a lot of, of lobster gram uh, is, is leaving an impression, whether it's for you and, and you know, your spouse or, or friends to share. Uh, but the Bloody Mary bar comes loaded with peppers, uh, sausage, carrots, shrimp. Um, shrimp. I mean, it's, shrimp. <laughs> it's like a 20 piece band. So, Ian, where do you find all this seafood? You're in Boulder. Where are you in in Denver? I'm I'm based in Denver, but we've got uh, so the the core company, Fortune International. We're a wholesale food distributor, so we we serve chefs and retailers across the country with fresh and frozen seafood. So we source from all over the world. So I see shrimp, I see snow claws, I see king crab, and lobster. lobster. So you, you must. Uh, Procure this from all sorts of places, all, all over the world. Um, we have to do that. I mean, we've got you know major retailers that are, are large scale customers of ours, and um, I'm actually at the Denver airport now, about to head to our our office in Minneapolis, and I'll be in Chicago this week, where we have a, a, a big uh, office as well. And we we acquired New Orleans Fish House in New Orleans. Ah, um, I didn't know that. You're a busy guy. Hotty yeah, we, toddy. We, we, yeah, hotty toddy, that's right. I see yeah, an yeah. item here that Malcolm will probably, he's trying to put in his pocket. It's a <laughs> sriracha, and it says it stimulates your inner economy from the brinery. <laughs> well, thanks, Carol. <laughs> Here's to stimulating local economies, inner economies. It's, it's, it's a condiment. Yeah, Malcolm. Okay. Uh, All right. Well, Ian, man, thanks a lot for uh, this uh, beautiful tower. And Thomas, thank you for getting Ian involved in Deep South Dining. We appreciate it. And Ian, how do people find you? Lobstergram.com? 
Yep, lobstergram.com. Uh, you can find us there. And then we've got a sister site, Dark Canyon, um, that you can order Wagyu beef from, caviar. I'm a D'Artagnan fan. I ordered my Thanksgiving turkey from D'Artagnan. Sure did. I was going to say, I'm familiar with that. Yeah. We, that, we that, ordered yeah, lots of is things. A company of ours. Yeah, yeah, great. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, Ian, and um, we appreciate uh, the Seafood Tower. On the phone, we have Sue from Beaumont calling in. Sue, what's happening? Not much, but <laughs> I have a question about gumbo. I'm wondering why people don't put oysters in their gumbo, because to me, a shrimp... Oysters and maybe some, if you had some uh, lobster, that would be great. But chicken and not, no, no. And, and, and sausage has such a strong flavor. I think it overpowers the delicate flavor of seafood. That's my uh-huh. personal opinion. And also a dark roux. Why, why put a dark roux on something as delicate and sweet as seafood? I, I always use light roux. I you know? saved my dark roux. I made a roux, yet, well, Saturday for sausage and turkey gumbo. A la mm. April McGregor's recipe, but Malcolm, have you heard of anybody that doesn't like oysters? In well, gumbo, you drop them in at the end. Very you end. love yeah. oysters. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I think the thing about some people, first of all, some people don't like oysters, and so when they make gumbo, they try to steer to the middle of the road. But also, um, I think people put the oysters in too early and they sort of become like rubber in the gumbo mm-hmm. because the gumbo is supposed to last for multiple days. Robbie, are you a gumbo maker? You know, so that Mosquito Supper Club uh, cookbook that we were talking about, she has some of the most complete explanations of different kinds of gumbo, um, different roux. Um, and one thing that I love that she does is she makes a seafood gumbo without a roux and just cooks down okra over the course mm. of 36 hours until it's it's just nothing anymore and mm. she uses that as her thickener and mm. i i love okra um there's an incredible farm outside of canton called amorphous gardens that we work with closely and so i'll get 100 pounds of okra mm-hmm. um in the middle of the summer and cook that down freeze it and just use that as my thickener throughout the year mm-hmm. right on I love an okra thickener. I love okra mm-hmm. anyway, really. Oh, I, can I say, my, I, I love okra too, but I have a friend who would make gumbo, but she wouldn't put okra in it, but uh, okra is African word for gumbo, and so I wonder how, it, it, to me, it's not, it's not gumbo unless you have okra in it, you know. Absolutely, Absolutely. agree. Yeah, we, mm-hmm. everyone at the table is nodding. Yes. Now, some people use filet uh, as a thickener, but uh, nothing wrong with that. Some people just put a little dust mm-hmm. of filet on top. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I'm an okra fan. Thanks for calling, Sue, and we always appreciate the fact that you tune in and that you give us a call and share. Now the caramel cake is uh, being passed around the studio. Sugar Uh, Avenue caramel cake. Uh, Thomas, I was lucky enough to get one of these from you for my birthday a few years ago. And I've ordered several and sent to other people. They're quite. And one thing I like about them, they have these really small... They Cakes. do. They have two sizes. This is, and, um, and that is nice. You, you don't have to have a, a big, uh, big, huge, large cake. Or they have the smaller cake, which we got this morning, which will still serve six to eight people. Um, all right, we're gonna get all of this food that's in the studio organized. Gotta have bread. Gotta have yes. some bread and some cookies. You said you brought some of those cookies. So. We, we've got it all. So deep south dining, Mark White, Carol Palmer. There's a party going on right here and we got a studio full of people and food 
a little caramel cake, a little lobster. Cookies. Snow crab claws. Malcolm, I love bread. how this show has evolved. We used to just sit by ourselves quietly and talk dark. about serious things. Now people know what we really love to do. This is really where it's at. Well, well I think we're doing this for the people. Oh, yeah. Research. <laughs> so, Robbie, you brought out during the break, you brought out some uh, bread and some cookies. Can you tell our listeners what they're missing here? So I mentioned our cookies already and. That's what we're going to be making a couple thousand of those over the mm. next few weeks for Christmas. One of the other things that I brought is probably my favorite thing to bake. It's a chocolate and almond babka. And if there's any Seinfeld fans out there, there's a, a classic episode about the last chocolate babka <laughs> for the holidays. Um, it's an Eastern European Jewish pastry bread mm. that's all twisted up with a chocolate sauce and toasted almonds and... You can put anything in it, but um, that's that's my favorite version, and we make that every week for the farmer's market. We always have it um, on our bakery counter, and um, it's a great thing to get for the holidays as well. And I also want to say that is a sourdough babka. It sure is, yeah. and I, I don't know if there's many other sourdough babkas out yeah. there in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of the commitments we made when we decided to open the bakery. We were only going to use uh, flour that was grown in the south, and we were only going to leaven our products with a sourdough starter, um, just it in the interest really of health. It really adds an interesting taste to the to It the really babka. does. I mean, it, it's, it's subtle, but it's delicious. And it, it's... Um, <clears throat> You know, people have a certain association with what sourdough is, of a particularly, you know, San Francisco sourdough, really biting flavor. Um, Not many people realize that this is how bread's been made for thousands of years. It's only in the last 200 years industrial uh, yeast and commercial yeast was available. So you can make any kind of bread with a sourdough starter. How did you start your starter? So uh, a sourdough starter is a mixture of flour and water, and there's yeast and bacteria ar- all, all around us. It's on our hands, floating in the air. It's on the granules of flour. And so when you mix it with water, you're waking up those microorganisms. And I think we're all learning a lot about how important uh, our microbial lives are and how much um, they influence gut health and... You know, especially during the pandemic, um, there was such a focus on, um, you know, how are we going to uh, find something that keeps us healthy? And so this was a a big commitment that we made. It's a long, slow process making bread with sourdough. Um, And so, but we have this community of yeast and bacteria, and it's really a polyculture. Um, There's so many different species in there. And that's how uh, we ferment all of our breads. And they're all sourdough-based. They're all Mm sourdough-based. What about the cookies? The cookies uh, do not have sourdough starter in them. They're they're just uh, a lot of baking powder. Mm -hmm. But we do use the whole rye flour in there. They're mostly chocolate, though. (laughs) Yes, they are mostly chocolate, which is good, Thomas. What do you think? The cookies are phenomenal, Mm -hmm. yes. And this uh, caramel cake, Thomas, uh, is uh, ridiculously good. I I haven't heard a word out of Java since he he came in here and got a load of uh, cake and cookies. He he went back in the 
the control room, and that was the end of that. Speak to us. I'm trying to make sure I eat all my food first. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, nah, everything is delicious. Like, this is what you said, Carol. They, I think people have figured out our secret. They know how to get into the studio now. Mm-hmm. Bring us goodies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but, you know, the thing about it, this is exactly what food gifts do in, in, a, in a family or a friend situation where people – Get together, you know. I've, I've just met these fine bakers over here, but but you get together over food, and it just it just there's you know there it's just a nice communal atmosphere, and you you, en- you enjoy being with each other over food. It's a nice common denominator. I'm saying if you if you have lobster at your grove tent. I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> Even the Mississippi State fan would, uh, would enjoy the, the Grove. With, yeah, I was expecting a call from Joe Sherman. Uh, well, <laughs> Joe, Joe Sherman helped deliver. Joe the, Sherman has been vital in the in the the, the lobster the lobster gram moving around the uh, the environs of Jackson to my hotel to, <laughs> to the Dunkin' Donuts in Flora. I highly, yeah. highly, highly recommend. Not, yeah, to your hotel. Not in Flora. Excuse me. The Dunkin' Donuts in Pearl. Fl- Pearl excuse me. Um, yes, to my hotel. It's some traveling lobster. Now, uh, yeah, tell us again, uh, Thomas, where the uh, the caramel cake came from. I know you said Memphis. The caramel cake comes from Sugar Avenue Bakery in Memphis, okay. and they deliver it um, via Gold Belly. You order through Gold Belly. Mm, so okay. they've got five or six varieties of cakes. This this we're ha- enjoying this morning is caramel cake. But mm. Sugar Avenue Bakery, when you go to Gold Belly, just, just type in, in the search bar Sugar Avenue, but they're a f- phenomenal. Now, are these folks friends of yours? They are. Mm. Um, it's a phenomenal. Everybody in the South who makes food is Everybody who cooks and eats. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a great, it's a, they have a great it's product. It's y'all's lucky day to know <laughs> yeah. Thomas. It, it, and they're, they're also a great family, so they may have a great product and they have a great family. So, Robbie, what's your background? Uh, did you study this this art in which you partake? partake or did you come by just uh, I'm sort pretty, of organically? I'm pretty self-taught. Mm-hmm. Um, I have worked with a bakery in New Orleans called Belgard Bakery, and they have a mill there as well. Um, and then um, did a couple workshops in North Carolina um, in consultation with their mill. My, ba- my background is in uh, environmental activism and labor organizing. And so that is one of the reasons why we've organized our business as a cooperative. Um, we're all co-owners of the bakery, um, and we all come from uh, from food service industry backgrounds. Um, and I think, as a lot of the listeners know, it's it's hard to find a stable income um, and plan for your future um, while working in the food industry. Sometimes, unless you're um, a partner mm-hmm. in the business, and so. Um, that was one of the uh, the biggest things that we decided um, when we opened the business that we were all going to be co-owners, and um, you know, if we ever hire other people, um, they will be co-owners as well. So everyone that works there is a co-owner. Indeed, mm-hmm. I guess it's sort of like the way Rainbow started. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we ha- we haven't had a good cooperative in a while that I know about. Mm-hmm. There may be some other things. Yeah, and there, there's such a history in Jackson of cooperativism. You know, it doesn't only have to relate to food. There's, um, you know, you can cooperatize um, a construction crew or mm-hmm. a, manu- a refrigerator manufacturer. Um, so it's a great way to make sure you're taking care of the people around you um, that you work with. And, um, you know, as we've been talking about food, really engenders family, but we should take care of each other economically as well. Yeah. Uh, 
I love your website, by the way. It, it's really, really a first-class website and fun to go through. But you had some great quotes, and one of the, the quotes that really hit me is that food is political. It is one of the most political acts, who gets it, who mm. doesn't get it. You know, and we think at this time of year, especially when we're talking about flour, you know, the the Ukraine is the breadbasket of the world. Mm-hmm. And yeah. thinking about how the world is being affected by shipments of grain not getting out of, of that country. Absolutely. And that was a really interesting part of uh, the early pandemic for us is everyone was wondering where they were going to get their bread. And we have, you know, I think a lot of people have become more interested in local supply chains because they know um, there's some stability in that. Um, You know, another thing the pandemic brought out was bread baking. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure everybody listening read stories about, you know, Wall Street guys. Everybody got into baking bread and you couldn't buy flour in the stores. It was just wiped out. And people were, like, ordering flour online or, uh, you know, texting each other. So-and-so just got in a, a shipment of, mm-hmm. of flour. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a pretty interesting phenomenon. And, yeah, so all of the uh, flour that you can get at the grocery store, that's all the same species of wheat. It's a dwarf white wheat. Um, the, the stuff that we use, you can actually order from carolinaground.com and do some experiments with that as well. Well, it's been a great show, and thank you all for being a part of it. Uh, Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Think Radio. We are funded by the generous contributions from folks like yourself, and we thank you. Our show is produced by Java Chapman, and we appreciate each and every one of you. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.